Your hour of Thrive Time begins now with your host, Jay Mamie, on the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Jay Mamie Talk Show. Welcome, everyone. This is Jay Mamie, and you are now about to embark on your hour of Thrive Time. Welcome to the Jay Mamie Talk Show, folks. If you are visiting our show for the first time, let me just welcome you to the, our program. I want you to know that your visitation to the show today is going to pay major dividends in your ability to understand concepts and conversations about thriving. This is a thrive-minded show, and you are here to experience that. So I want to thank you for joining us for the first time. And for those of you that are visiting our show Again, as a recurring listener, I want you to know that I appreciate your support more than ever. We are continuing to expand our audiences in many directions and many parts of the country and certainly many parts of the world. We have listeners today listening to the program all the way from Italy, and I'm excited about our Italian friends listening to the show. But our local reach continues to expand right here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. So we're excited about where we're going as a show. And I got to promise you, the content you have heard so far is only going to get better and better as I am looking into the future here and predicting that our show will continue to deliver fantastic content for you in many different ways, just because I'm looking at the folks that are coming up in the next few months. And I'm going to tell you something. These are people that they are incredible, gifted, talented people with powerful messages of wisdom and insight and experience. So make sure that you continue to put me on your programming, your activity weekly programming for Sundays at 11 a.m. or on the replay if you're catching our replay, which thousands of you are. By the way, speaking of replay, you can catch our replays at our show website. And that is the jmamietalkshow.com. You can go there and catch all our archive sections, uh, catch all our episodes at the archive section, rather. I think you'll find it that it'll be very addicting to you to continue to listen to those archive recordings. They are fantastic. And while you're there, make sure that you check out our business directory. Check out our author spotlight section. We've got fantastic authors that have written their first or second book that we give a spotlight to here on the show so that you can understand the message that they're bringing and the value that they are delivering to the world. I like those new authors uh, in our author spotlight section. And by the way, since you're online anyhow, you might as well go over to my personal site, the jmamie.com, thejmamie.com. Check out my videos, my blogs, my articles, all the good things that I've got going on there. Especially what I'm thrilled to announce is that my book, my latest book, Thriveology, action-stoking, thought-provoking quotes and phrases that I've developed over the last few years, that will be available in the next couple of weeks. So make sure you check with that site. Make sure that you see when the official release will be announced. It's a great book, and I'm thrilled to bring you Thriveology. And by the way, let me just say this. Lots of you, thousands of you are starting to stay connected with me on my social media platforms. If you are familiar with social media, if that's where you hang out, then why don't you go ahead and make sure that you and I stay connected. Hop on over to my Twitter and my Instagram. You can find me there at my handle, at the J Mamie. You might as well go to LinkedIn. Tons of you are connecting with me on LinkedIn, and I appreciate that. By the way, I appreciate the feedback on LinkedIn as well. You could find me there on LinkedIn. You could also find me on Facebook, the J Mamie. That's my Facebook page. Go ahead and smash that like button and keep following me as I continue to deliver fantastic content and grow this wonderful show that is grabbing the attentions of so many around the country and around the world. But today's show is a show that I am really eager to 
to bring forth to you because I, I love food. And, and I'm telling you, there's no reason. You, you'll never find me turning down a good plate of food. <laughs> me and my wife, were foodies. And it's something that we do together and we love. And, and those, so today's show, I'm bringing to you love. But I'm bringing to you love in the form of food because I believe when you have good food and you've got something that allows you to get energized and feel good about what you're experiencing, you're going to thrive. You're going to thrive because you just you just feel good. And when you feel good, you tend to thrive. And that's what this show is about. I'm not sure if you knew that. Now, I'm not saying put the bad stuff in you, but the good stuff in you is going to make you feel good. And that's why today's guest uh, that I'm just really eager to, to present to you and excited about is are two dynamite individuals from the culinary world. But the first one, Chef Demetrio Zavala, is going to be our feature spotlight today. He is a, a celebrity chef. He's a recent champion on the Chopped uh, program here. If you're if you're a foodie and if you love watching TV shows, cooking shows, and you're very familiar with the Food Network show, Chopped, he was the recent grand finale uh, champion. I mean, he, he took the whole thing. Uh, so he's on the show today. We're going to talk to him about that. And we also have a local chef, a culinary hero for the local Dallas-Fort area. Chef Gorgie is going to be here. And he's got a wonderful story of becoming a, really an American uh, a success story as a as a foreigner coming here as an engineer and opening up restaurants and product lines and award-winning cookbook. I mean, really fantastic stuff. So today's show is going to be about thrive-minded people, and I'm excited to bring them to you. And I'm sure that by the time we're done, you're going to realize this episode is an absolute winner. But before we get into our guests, I wanted to chat a little bit about really what's happening at the at the current moment. You know, when you consider thriving, thriving takes many different shapes, many different forms, many different mindsets. And currently, the world is reestablishing some sense of normalcy from the COVID-19 pandemic. Would you agree? Now, there's some challenges that are still that we're still having in different areas of the world. Uh, but here in the States, we are starting to establish a sense of normalcy from the pandemic. But one of the challenges that faced many Americans in the early stages of the pandemic was disinfectant. Right. There was no disinfected, uh, disinfected items at the stores. I mean, wherever you went, you could not find Lysol spray, hand sanitizers, wipes and even toilet paper, <laughs> which baffled so many people. The stores were just out of stock. Customers, they didn't care much for the store itself if the store didn't have what they wanted. Customers would go on a hunt. You probably one of them. They went on a hunt to find what they deemed to be critical for the moment and much needed for their well-being and safety. So shopper loyalty went out the window. Isn't that true? I'm pro- I'm, some of you probably went on an incredible hunt to find what you needed and disregarding where you shopped at locally. But much can be said about the way people will see you when they expect or desire something from you, yet you are out of stock in that department. So what do I mean? You cannot offer, you cannot distribute, you cannot provide something that you yourself are out of stock on or in short supply. Look, you cannot offer joy to anyone if you're out of stock. You cannot give love to anyone if you yourself have your shelves empty on love. 
You cannot provide quality service or give your very best if you lack the right skill or information to do so. And you certainly cannot tender wisdom if you yourself are lacking it, if you are out of stock in that area. If you have a service or a severe deficit, rather, in the excitement and energy department, (laughs) then forget about trying to give it away. You don't have any. So here's the truth. People will seek elsewhere what you are out of stock on. And I want to repeat that because some of you need to hear this. People will seek elsewhere what you are out of stock on. They will go elsewhere to have their needs met. They will go to other organizations, other people, other resources to have their needs met. If you yourself are running low or completely out of stock of what they need. By the way, this is just human nature. It's just human nature. We continue to seek what we need from whoever is in full stock of it. You understand that? We're not going to stop living our lives. We're not going to stop looking for the things that we knew we need to have in order to feel safe, in order to feel secure, in order to feel like we are being validated, in order to feel like we are progressing, in order to have a sense of certainty. We're not going to stop pursuing that if where we're used to getting it from no longer has it. If the person that you are used to getting it from no longer can offer it. That's just the way that it is. So understand what I'm saying to you here. It's just the way that we are. We continue to seek what we need from whoever and anyone else has it in full stock, period. So sadly, there is a little patience and loyalty to anything or anyone when an essential need that requires fulfillment is desired. There's very little patience that we're going to have when what we need is not being delivered, is not being met, is not being satisfied, and the person or the institution that we're waiting to get it from doesn't have it in supply. Our patience goes out the window. So let me explain something to you as we wrap up here and go to break and come back with our featured guests. If maintaining and securing relationships, reliability, and confidence in others is important, then let me encourage you, take immediate inventory of what you are out of stock on and decide what needs to desperately be replenished. Now, when you hear that again, and it's important because thriving takes on many shapes, as I said earlier, and if maintaining a relationship, keeping that relationship secure, being reliable to the person that is counting on you, having others know that they have uh, the confidence that you're going to come through. If all of that is important to you, is giving, if giving support and love and joy and service and wisdom and confidence and all of these wonderful attributes to others that others have come to count on you on, if you are running low on that because you've taken sincere and uh, honest inventory and you realize, hey, I'm out of stock on that. I'm out of stock of energy. I'm out of stock of excitement. I'm out of stock on love. I'm out of stock on joy. I'm out of stock on peace of mind. I'm out of stock on wellness. Then you better get real quick to uh, an understanding that unless you replenish that, you are no good to nobody else, and they will go find that elsewhere. 
That goes for individuals. That goes for organizations. That goes for churches. That goes for uh, corp- corporations. I speak that to everybody. What you cannot give, others will find someone else or something else to get it from if you are out of stock. Guys, I'm excited about the rest of the show. Coming up after the break, Chef Demetrio Zavala is in the house. Hey, DFW friends, if you're looking to get minor painting done around the house this spring or have your whole house painted, then you need to call my friend Damien DeClerc. He's been in the painting industry for 20 years, and his company, Pro Painting, is the future of the painting industry. They do detailed, itemized quoting so that you know the price is right. So whether the job is big or small, you can trust Pro Painting to get the job done right. At Pro Painting, they take the pain out of painting. Visit him at dfwpropainting.com. Former Air Force veteran and new author Victor C. Samwell has written a book, Lost Brothers, to empower and encourage others on how to overcome difficult roadblocks and mental health issues. His own personal story of triumph can be experienced by anyone seeking that type of personal victory. Make sure to pick up your signed copy today of Lost Brothers. You can purchase it at victorsamwell.com. Is your garage more like a storage unit? Wellborn Garage Door specializes in storage solutions that solve such situations. Admirable alliteration aside, Chase. We help you reclaim the largest room in your house. You'll finally be able to park your car in your garage. Or turn it into a game room. Either way, your garage will be reborn. When you call Wellborn. Ooh, nice one, Mike. Your garage will be reborn with Wellborn. Online at wellborngaragedoors.com. Welcome back to Thrive Time with Jay Mamie. Welcome back, everyone, to the J. Mamie Talk Show. On the line right now, I'm excited to introduce our feature spotlight. Chef Demetrio Zavala has appeared in many TV shows, uh, such as uh, Food Network's Chopped. I mentioned that earlier. In fact, how I came to know of him was watching the Chopped Grand Championship, which aired a, a few weeks ago. And he actually won the whole daggum thing, the grand finale, won the whole daggum thing. And me and my wife got so excited when when he heard in the end that they, uh, that they chopped the other guy. And, he, and it was a judge who they chopped, by the way, if you ever watched that show. Uh, I know many of you do. Uh, so he was uh, standing there victorious. And me and my wife, you know, it's rare that we get excited about somebody like that. And he, we got excited about him. And that's how I got a chance to really become aware of him. But he's been on a number of other shows, Guys Grocery Stores, The Real Housewives of the Potomac. And that's really just to name a few. But apart from consulting, apart from that, rather, he also consults many restaurants. And he helps them restructure their menus and get their businesses back on track. So he's also very knowledgeable in that arena based on his culinary experience. But more importantly, he's a dedicated father. And that's one of the things that caught my attention because him and I share a lot in common in terms of that area, having children that that serve our country. Uh, So he's a great father as well. And you could tell that he loves his his family deeply. So we're excited to have him on the show. Looking forward to this segment. Demetrio, Chef Demetrio, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me, Jay. I'm happy to be here. Brother, we've got a lot to unravel, but before we dive into it, there's tons of people that know you. You're becoming a big-time celebrity chef, but there's a lot of people that don't know your story. So let's get those people up to speed. Share with us a little bit about yourself. So um, I was born in Fort Carson Army Base in Colorado Springs. My father was in the military, um, as well as all my uncles and my aunts in the military as well. Uh, I come back from a very military family. Uh, Went to school. 
for accounting first, decided to change my major and ended up going for culinary, Le Cordon Bleu. Uh, I've been working. I've owned my own restaurant group in the past. Um, I've worked for another restaurant group in D.C. I've worked under some incredible chefs, and I just every day I'm learning something new every day. So why did you decide? It's interesting. You started off with a career in accounting, but yet you yeah. pivoted. Something happened. Why did you decide that you wanted to pursue then a career, uh, a culinary career? Well, I'm a numbers guy. I can calculate numbers and thank that to my fourth grade teacher, but I can calculate figures, ratios, and everything in my head. Mm. So I was really good with numbers. And actually, I was going to do the engineering program with IBM, but I decided that you know, I love cooking. I cooked through when I was in high school, when I wasn't playing football, I wasn't wrestling or playing in the band. I, I decided I was cooking fast way to make money. I enjoyed food. I'd love to eat. And then once I, once I started getting into a little bit more fine dining, I saw what food does to people and it actually makes a difference whether we believe or not. Some of us, we go out, we, we want to eat and we're hungry and obviously it fills our stomach and makes us feel good. But Working in a fine dining experience is like it makes a difference in people's day and their life, and they had something so amazing that they would say, wow, this was so amazing. I'm lost for words. Mm-hmm. I can't even explain how great it was. So I thought, man, what a way to give back to people and touch others through food. And then I just fell in love with it. You know, it's funny you mention that because in the earlier segment when I opened up the show, I talked about uh, food and how food, good food, and a good eating experience can actually help someone thrive uh, if they're feeling down, they have a good meal, they can get picked up, they can get lifted up a little bit, uplifted because of that experience. Uh, so I'm glad you pointed that out because that's a way for people, as you just mentioned, to feel good about something if they have a good experience um, at a restaurant or just a good meal. Uh, so your heart was in the right place, I think, as you started to pivot into a culinary career. And obviously, the success of that decision is, is obvious now. Uh, but what have, who has rather, in, uh, you mentioned your father's been served in our country, uh, but who also, I'm sure, apart from him, has been one of your greatest influences up to date? I would say it was two. My grandmother, who prominently raised me, she divided, we provided me with structure, discipline, drive, and when I start something, you never finish. You always finish it. You never give up, no matter how whatever decision you take, you have to stand by your decision and follow through with it. Mm-hmm. And then my other biggest mentor, I guess, in the culinary world would be this guy, Pierre Vio that I worked for. And the way that he showed me food and inspired me, he would, he would use hand gestures and telling me how he made a sauce. And he took it down to just a little bit more. And then he added the wine, then he had a gastric and he brought it down. Then he had the stock. He made me feel like so intrigued and so alive that I was just like, I want to know more. And he was the one that really inspired me uh, to be a chef and really got, because you have it, you have it. I'm telling you, not people, many people have it, but you have it and you already have the finance. You have it. You know, you mentioned your, your, your grandma, right? You mentioned your grandma yeah. earlier. I, I have always said on this show that there is always someone in your life that is going to have the greatest influence and that person usually is a family member doesn't necessarily have to be a mom or dad but it could be a brother or sister or an aunt or an uncle in your case grandma so us as adults as 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 individuals there's always somebody watching us especially if you have kids or if you're around kids one day somebody will say as a result of watching you and what you did they're going to give you 
the all the uh, the 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 kudos for what you showed them who to be as a better person. Obviously, that can work in a negative way, too. But in this case here, my point to people is you may not think that in your life you did anything thrive-minded or thrive-intended or thrive-resulted. But if you lived a good life and you just showed another person how to do that, then by default, you did live a good thriving life because somebody role-modeled you and they went on to become a successful person. And this is an obvious case of that. So I appreciate you sharing that with us. But your career, then at a certain point, it took a turn towards TV. How'd that happen? Well, I, honestly, I was uh, started a restaurant group with a couple of guys in D.C., and his name was Mel Estrin, and he had me start a restaurant group with him, and basically I would say I've learned from him was that you say hello to everybody, you treat everybody the same with respect, whether it's the dishwasher or janitor, anybody I passed, and I, you know, I ended up meeting somebody by just by saying hello. Mm. And it was a producer, and they produced other shows and and other things like Top Chef. And they were saying maybe be interested, and you know, they came and ate, um, and et cetera. And then I I got an email to the restaurant website, hey, would your chef be interested in being on Chops? So then I went and did that, and they I did an interview up in New York, and then I also did an interview for Guys Grocery Game, and then next thing you know, they were casting me right away. And it was a great experience, a little bit interesting at first. It was great. I love people. I love working with people. So I loved, and I'm, I'm all about, like, under pressure. I work great under pressure. And I started meeting these guys, make a relationship. It's all about relationships and how you treat others. It's the important thing about if you want to continue doing something. You know, a simple, you, have, you have to do that. A, a simple hello, a, a well a uh, given uh, hello, a, a smile and a hello uh, is really what started the whole um, momentum for you to be introduced to the right people, to get into the right uh, uh, situation so that you can find yourself on TV and all these different programs. And it all started with a hello and a smile. And I, I think a lot of people, they, they think that there has to be some magic formula or some silver bullet to success. And for you, it was just a smile and a, and a very warm, genuine hello. Right. That's that's the secret. That, that was it. That was it. You never know who you're going to meet, who mm-hmm. you're going to introduce yourself to. I, you know, I, I travel a lot for work and sometimes I meet interesting people. I was meeting a scientist the other day that was on the airplane and we had nice conversation. And he was like, you were the nicest person I've ever met. And you never know who you're going to meet. It's how you represent yourself. You got one shot mm-hmm. to make a first impression on people. So take advantage of that shot. Be who you are and be nice to others. And others will see that, and they'll see the true person you are. And they'll, if they can give opportunities, they will give opportunities to you, no matter who you are. Well said, brother. Well, well said. So how did, in the end, when you won CHOP Grand Championships, and it was interesting because I reached out to you on Instagram, I think the day after you won, and uh, I'm a bold guy, man. I'll reach out to anybody. I mean, it doesn't matter to me. I lived my whole life that way. Worst thing I figure someone could say is nope or no response, and that's all right. So I reached out to you, and I think on the the day after you had um, the the championship show aired, you had like six or seven thousand people already following. It was a, it was a crazy amount of number. So how did winning Chop Championship change your life and and your business so far? Well, it changed my life. It, it changed my life in a lot of interesting ways. I mean, one, 
you're still going to receive some negativity for certain individuals, but how you handle the negativity is important to be, always be, take the high road and be the better person. And then the other ones, I, I actually, I cycled through all the people who responded out and reached out to me one by one wow. and answer them with a personal thank you for their support and for watching. And I truly appreciated it. Yeah. And that, that's what, go ahead, sir. No, no, go. You, you were going to say, and then that was what made it really worth it doing the show. And, and I love that the people saw like how genuine and you know, how emotional I am about my, my children and who I am. Cause I get judged sometimes on your stature and your look. You can't let that take over anything else. You got to be who you are and be good, always good to others. And they'll look beyond that. Cause you know, first impression, you know, I'm six one, but I'm, I'm 275 pounds and I work out and everybody's like, Oh man, he's scary or intimidating. But really, if you know me, you know that I'm really just a soft loving guy and I love everybody, no matter who you are. It was obvious when they introduced you as a, as a, a finalist on that particular show. And again, me and my wife watching you for the first time, we said, I mean, this guy's huge. <laughs> and then when there was pictures of your son, who's a football player, I said, he's the same size. <laughs> uh, so I can see why people would find you intimidating. But as I've gotten a chance to know you a little bit better, I can say that what you, uh, that you, I, you, you're definitely one of the, one of these individuals that is deceiving from the outside because the inside is a whole different other person. Uh, but how do you approach hard work? It, it certainly appears to me, that you've got a really busy schedule, right? Um, yeah. Lots of going on. You, you, you've got your kids. You've got your family. How do you approach hard work, and, and what are some of your work ethics? My work ethic is you're only going to get out what you put in. So if you want to achieve something and you have a goal and mindset to do it, put realistic goals together in a time frame and put it down on paper and say, what do I need to start with? Here's how I start. Here's what I got to do next. Here's what I'm going to finish, and here's what I'm going to get to. My day starts at 5 o'clock in the morning and ends at 12 o'clock at night, whether it's doing other work for businesses. Right now, I got a couple of projects. I got one in Newtown, Pennsylvania. It's a solstice restaurant. I got one that's going to be open in Orange County, California in August. I have another one called Prime in Scottsdale, Arizona. I have one in the Hall of Fame going right after that in January of next year. So there's a lot of moving parts, but you have to be dedicated, disciplined, and you also, like, you just got to put the work in. Everything is that is just not given to you. You got to put the work in, and you will uh, reap the benefits. In this country, you know, you can do so much with nothing, and you can have so much. But you got to put the work in. It doesn't just come to you overnight. What do you say to people? And I appreciate you said that, 5 a.m. to midnight. That looks, sounds like my schedule. What do you say to people in our final minute here before we go to break? who think they're going to have a measure of success without understanding it takes hard work and long hours to do that early on. The thing about it is you just, you just got to have a plan. You got to have a plan and you always have to be appreciative of every step that you make and everything you get. Never take it for granted and never become complacent or comfort. Dimitri always want more. Listen, I, I appreciate that. I, I think that you, you're right. You have to have a plan, right? You can be a hard worker, but if you have no plan to put that hard work in, that's absolute failure in uh, in the waiting. When we come back after the break, we're going to talk about challenges because not everybody's you know has a, a sweet ride to the top, right? 
Um, and I don't think that you've said that you've arrived at the top, but you're certainly uh, a lot further along than many. But I'm sure there's been challenges and hurdles that you've experienced over that time. So when we come back after the break, let's talk about that because I'm interested to hear the challenges you faced and how you overcame them. And we'll do that right after the break. Hey everyone, Jay Mamie here from the Jay Mamie Talk Show. I want to encourage you to visit my merchandise store. You can find it at thejmamie.com. A number of my inspirational, thought-provoking, action-stoking phrases and quotes that have been so much in demand over the last four or five years now are available in print. You can print them on your favorite coffee mug, print them on a poster. Take my thrive-minded content with you wherever you go. Visit my store at thejmamie.com. Hi, my name is Darrell Graham with Transworld Business Advisors here in Grapevine, Texas. Have you ever considered selling your business or would you like to know what your business is worth? We offer a variety of services to help business owners maximize their liquidity when they decide to sell their business. There are no upfront costs and there are no hidden fees. If you'd like to contact me, please call me at 214-729-2033 or you can email me at dgram at tworld.com or visit my website at tworld.com forward slash grapevine. Hi, break time? I know you. I'm Cologuard, a prescription colon cancer screening option for people 45 plus at average risk. It seems like you take care of yourself. I do. I play tennis. I try to eat well. What about screening for colon cancer? Not yet. Don't wait. Colon cancer is more treatable when it's caught in early stages. Tell me more. Cologuard is non-invasive and is used at home. It detects altered DNA in your stool to find 92% of colon cancers. 92%? Yep. Even those in early stages. This was seen in a clinical study with patients 50 and older. Any positive result should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. False positive and negative results may occur. Cologuard is not a replacement for colonoscopy in high-risk patients. Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of colon cancer. Most insured patients pay $0. Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Cologuard is right for you. Or visit requestcologuard.com. I'm on it. Excellent. Welcome back to Thrive Time with Jay Mamie. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Having a fantastic conversation with Chef Dimitro Zavala. Talking about all sorts of insightful, thrive-minded content here. We're going to pick up where we left off. Chef, there's, there's challenges that everybody faces, especially the more ambitious you are, the more driven you are, the bigger your dreams. It's almost... Um, expected to have challenges and hurdles to some extent. Well, what were some of the challenges or hurdles that you have had that you've had to overcome so far? Well, some challenges I've had, I guess it goes back to my bringing up Jay on a certain time is like, um, I'm the type of person that I, I know what it's like not to have a plate of food, not to know, not to have water, not to have electricity, not to have a place to live growing up. So I live my life every day like I'm, I'm hungry. I don't have somebody to pay my bills. I don't have somebody to take a loan for. I don't have those things. So every day that I get up, it's a great day that I can get up. But it also, I'm, I'm always hungry, as I tell my kids. I'm always hungry. I stay hungry, so I constantly push myself. Now, in the culinary industry, with some hurdles I had with being on the show and doing some other things, it was I had a lot of negativity on my very first show, you know, with things. And honestly, I have to be honest, Jay, actually – I was contemplating whether doing more shows because of the negativity that I was receiving from people through social media and everything like that. And some of the stuff that I think people don't understand is like what you what you say out there to others affects others. It was affecting me in a certain way 
that it was actually hurting me to my soul to people start attacking me as a person and my family and stuff like that. It, it's just, it's just not a good thing that we should have, a, you know, in this country that I feel like we have, we live in the greatest place on earth, man. Listen, you're always going to find that there's a segment of the population that are uh, just bent on not only providing negative, uh, valueless feedback, but they do it because they have a mean spirit um, and they don't like to see others succeed. So they find reasons to come out with crap. And uh, I, I think the sad part about that, uh, Chef, is that there's more of that today than it was 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago. You and I are about the same age. And this kind of stuff 25 years ago uh, wasn't as prevalent as it is now, especially when you have social media. Um, but listen, you overcame that. Because you shook that, you, you shook the dust off yeah. the off your feet, and and what you've done so far as a result of coming back has inspired a lot of people. And who knows what the future holds for you? But what lessons did you learn from that? There was something that you said, okay, I'm not gonna let this thing get to me. These people out there are negative, nasty folks. Um, what lessons did you learn, or what did you tell yourself to convince yourself to get back in the ring? Well, what I did was I thought sat back and I thought like. These individuals don't have bearing on my life. They don't live my life. They don't pay my bills. They don't take care of my family. They don't do any of that. It's me. And am I going to let myself get destroyed by that? No. I'm going to push forward, and I'm going to go harder than I went ever than before. And I'm going to make sure no matter what, I'm going to treat everybody even better than I have before mm. and go out of my way. And to love others and t and say hello and make sure that even now some things are changing now, you know, you can't hold the door for somebody anymore without them saying thank you. But I tell my son the same thing. You do it anyway. That's you right. do it because that's you. That's and, right. And it'll start, change will start with people like us who want to be better and want to make the difference in the world and treat everybody with love and respect. And it'll just, it has to start with somebody. So it might as well be us. I agree, man. Same stuff I share with my son. I, I, I agree. You know, if change has got to happen from within and then worry about the rest of the world. But you start with yourself first and then let the world gravitate to the positive things that you're putting out there. But what can you share? I want to hear your thoughts on this. What can you share with a young aspiring chef or restaurateur or a culinary entrepreneur about dealing with adversity? Well, I think what you, if for those in dealing with adversity in the, in the culinary world is every individual has a different personality. So you have to deal with every person differently. And if you want to get the most out of them, you have to deal with them that way because go to their strengths, what they like, show their interest, show interest in what they like. And also as an entrepreneur, finance is so important to chefs more now than ever to be able to be successful in this business. If you don't understand costs and et cetera, you need to start learning it some way, somehow, because it has changed our thing all about putting food on a plate. If you don't know what it costs and you don't know what it is, how can you pay for the bills? How can you pay your employees and et cetera like that? You know, get involved in your community and giving things that, uh, that make a difference for people. Maybe kids want to learn. And I do things all the time for philanthropy work. You know, I had an autism cooking class on zoom during the pandemic and just showing kids how to do things. And then I just had another one here for a charity for a school in uh, Alexandria. All girls school wanted to raise money. So I did a dish on zoom again 
a virtual training, how to do it and how to make it. But for people in this industry, you know, you just have to be disciplined and you just have to have structure. If you provide structure and in the restaurant business, it's a family, your family, you see these people most of the day. So it's everybody's family. You're there to mentor people. They're there to take from you. You, you learn from them. They learn from you. Just cooperate together, and you'll get to the same place. But as far as for business, Jay, you got to know finance, especially now. You know, it's, it's funny you mention that because the first thing I thought about when you started to answer the question was your background in accounting, I'm sure, played a major part um, in you understanding the business side of the culinary world. Uh, but as you just said, there aren't that many who uh, who are involved in the culinary world that came from a background where they had accounting experience or accounting uh, academic uh, schooling. Uh, so they just kind of jump into it without really understanding the numbers, and, and that's sort of why they get into trouble. So I'm not surprised that you would say someone that these individuals have to find someone who understands numbers and finance to help them through. And that sort of brings me to my next question. You've helped a number of struggling restaurants revamp their business and, and their menus and so on. What do you find are the top reasons why restaurants fail uh, to really succeed or ever have any measure of, uh, of, of success? No infrastructure. There's no, there's, no, there's no procedures. There's no infrastructure. There's no consistency. So like some restaurants that I had, they didn't even have recipes. They just were just going, had one guy just making it by he wants to make it every day. And that's fine and dandy if you have a smaller operation like a quick go, not a full-service restaurant. If you had like a barbecue place or a taco place, you got that same person making that same thing all the time, but they're the owner. But when you're having like a sit-down restaurant, you need to have procedures, need to be this big lack of training. Nobody's really, especially now, invested into it. They're not inspired to be there. Like culture is a big thing now, mm -hmm. but the finance part, there's no food costs. There's no inventories. There's no contracting of labor. There's nobody has any idea what their labor is or how many hours and how much money they spent every day. They're just having people come in. Oh, we're going to be busy, bring a lot of people in. But there's no forecasting of what they need to do. Like I have $5,000 today. And I'm going to spend 16% of that on labor. So, you know, obviously you take that and you do that times six, that's going to be $800 I have to spend today. Most people are not thinking like that. They're just thinking about bringing people in. We're going to be busy. But if you don't do the five grand and you're doing two grand, you had $800 you just wasted. So basically you're almost in 50% labor. You're basically a 46% labor. You're losing already. You know, those and are numbers. Yeah, I, I tell you. Yeah. Clearly, those numbers are not numbers that most um, most well-intended, well-meaning, thrive-minded, hungry, ambitious restaurateurs or, or culinary expert, um, entrepreneurs, I don't think they think about that uh, because that's why so many of them fail. And it's obvious when me and my wife, my wife's uh, also uh, a chef, and so we, we kind of spoiled because we sort of know the inside uh, a little bit um, because of her experience. And it's so obvious when we go into a restaurant, uh, chef, and we, we just know that it's poorly run because everything looks like it's in shambles. The food isn't prepared properly. The food isn't presented properly. Uh, there is disarray in the service. It's crazy, man. Um, so yeah. I'm glad that you brought that up. But in our last few minutes here, what are the three takeaways that you would want to leave with our listeners? This is a chance you get a chance to share some wisdom. And I never have a guest leave without takeaways that our audience could implement right away. So what would be your three? My three would be 
no matter who you are and what you do out there, you're not a failure. Everybody who's successful fails first. I failed. But I got up on my feet and I, I went at it again and I went at it again until I kept going and I never stopped driving. And another thing in, in business, and if you want to be a great chef, you have to put the work in. You have to research. You have to read. You have to constantly educate yourself on the new techniques and everything that's going on in the culinary world. It's constantly changing. And then for the other people that are in this business to, you know, to really thrive and be successful, you're only as good as your last dish. Mm. Always make it your last, your first impression, your last dish is always got to be the best from the starting to the dessert to everything. And in those little touches you add, is going to make the difference. But being a genuine good person to others will always make you succeed. So being always. a good being a good person to others, which I agree to that, paying attention to the details. That's what I heard in the second answer. I mean, you have yeah. to be detail oriented <clears throat> and understand that failure is not the end of it. And you don't succeed unless you've actually failed at something because that's what helps you get better and learn from your mistakes. Three excellent, excellent takeaways. Chef, what's in your future? Well, <clears throat> in my future, I would say um, it's a full-time job. Um, working for the Food Network is going to be probably I'm um, looking to do uh, my own show um, on there now, and um, hopefully that will come to fruition. But I'm working on that, and then obviously for me, this, my son hopefully goes to the NFL and see my kids have you know kids, and I, I be, you know become a grandfather and et cetera. But for me and my future, it's just keep being great to others and show all the love I can do to every individual I meet as much as possible. That will be my legacy as people will know me by who I am. That's a great legacy to leave behind, brother. Because at the end of the day, it's not what you did, it's how you made other people feel that they remember above all things. Yeah, it's not, it's not about, it's not going to be about the money or anything like that. That's, That's right. Tangible. It's going to be about the lives I've touched when I was here. That's right, brother. Amen to that. Chef, man, we really appreciate you being on the show. Absolutely. You always have an open mic here in the future. If you want to come back and, and speak or, or promote or any project you've got working on, we're always going to support you, brother. We love what you're doing. Keep what you're doing. And thanks for being on the show, man. I appreciate you having me. I was happy to do it. Thank you, brother. Folks, we'll be right back after the break. Hey friends, me and my wife, we really enjoy cooking great food. That's why I love Chef Gorgie's award-winning cookbook, Zing. It teaches us how to add boldness with ingredients like pomegranates and sumac and barberries, plus user-friendly recipes that use very little sugar or no sugar at all, flavorful ingredients, and simple techniques. It reveals the secrets of Chef Gorgie's signature new Mediterranean cuisine. The award-winning cookbook is available at ChefGorgie.com. Are you aware of how important night oxide is to promoting healthy circulation and arterial function. At Neogen Life, we're focused on providing products that support the idea of living longer and living better. Nitric oxide is an essential molecule that plays a vital role in supporting healthy blood flow by allowing oxygen to move freely to every part of your body. And Neogen Life's Neonox can help boost your body's natural supply of nitric oxide. For more information, visit our website at neogenlife.com. At Mercedes-Benz of Plano, we don't dabble in just luxury. 
we provide something better. We call it Luxury. Come experience what it means to be fluent in German engineering at Mercedes-Benz of Plano. Online at mbplano.com. TACLB 266160. Sarah, I'm going to do something I never do. <laughs> Tap dance? Offer an on-time expert's revitalizer for just 82 bucks. Now through April 15th. Because when you revitalize. I 100% guarantee no AC breakdowns all summer long. An $82 revitalizer for the early bird. The planner's ahead. The Johnny Come Soon Leaks. The ontimeexperts.com. I still think you should tap dance, though. The arrive safe. Same day or it's free. Fix your AC right, guys. 267-2007. Jay Mamie. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. In studio with me is my business spotlight. And boy, I got to tell you something. I love when gifts and presents are presented to me. (laughs) I'm looking at a wonderful box here of Chef Georgie's products. And we're going to dive into that in a few minutes. But no, he came in the studio this morning and boy, he just walked in with a bunch of goodies and I just jumped out of my seat. So thank you very much, (laughs) Chef Georgie. You're more than welcome. Chef Georgie, his was interesting about our business spotlight. He's an engineer turned chef. And uh, boy, has he created quite a name for himself, not only here locally in Dallas, but around the country as well. His incredibly popular Dallas-based namesake restaurant, Gorgie, as well as his award-winning cookbook, uh, Zing, and plus his line of gourmet pasta sauces uh, makes him quite the culinary guru. So we're excited to have, uh, very, very thankful to have Chef Gorgie on the show today. Chef Gorgie, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Before we dive into uh, your story, uh, your goodness of what you offer here, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, uh, I was uh, born in Persia, Iran, whichever you want to call it. I was there 17 and a half years. Then I went to Edinburgh, Scotland, and I did engineering. And I worked in that field for 10 years before I came to Dallas. So I've been here about 34 years now. 34 years in yes, Dallas. Yes. Fantastic. Dallas right. and Austin. Dallas and Austin. Yes. Okay. So you really are uh, beloved here. I can tell you that. You're very I beloved I am here. lucky. <laughs> <laughs> so what inspired you to leave engineering and pursue becoming a chef? Well, uh, engineering was uh, wonderful. I loved it uh, uh, from the uh, aspects of uh, uh, doing something which is uh, uh, scientific, science, And then uh, I was always uh, interested in food because from childhood, we were taught to cook. And uh, no matter boy, girl, from very, very, very early ages, you cooked. Mm. And hopefully when uh, if you you could do it solo by five or six. Wow. Yes. So it was something that uh, uh, was instilled in me and... uh, uh, I wanted to get back into it, so I left engineering uh, to get into food business. Okay. And it's interesting. Our prior guest, Chef Dimitro Zavala, yes. also started in accounting. Oh, yes. So he went to school for accounting, <laughs> yeah, and then well, he realized, I love cooking. Yes. <laughs> and then he left accounting and, and went into cooking. But one of the things that I, I'm, I'm hearing as a similarity he said that when you are in the restaurant business, the, the knowledge of accounting and numbers Absolutely. helped him have success. Absolutely. Would you say that's the same thing as an engineer? Absolutely. It is all about numbers. Mm. And uh, not, to, not to relegate it to that aspect of the whole business, but definitely 
in in his case, it was the numbers of uh, in accounting and all for which I'm sure he used for uh, his uh, conducting his business. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, the same thing. You know, uh, if you come to the restaurant, you will. It's so small. You will hear. 15 seconds, 10 seconds, that means the food is coming up. So everything has to be correlated for that 10, 15, 20 seconds. So it all comes out at the same time. I have no food heater or anything. Wow. It goes to the table. Well, that is when we are doing dining in, mm-hmm. which we hopefully we will be starting next month. I hope, depending Wonderful. on how it goes. So you took risks in switching careers, just like Dimitro did. You took risks. How important is it to take risks in life? Well, uh, we have a saying, if uh, if you really don't take risks, you are living in a, uh, uh, you're going to continue living in a very sheltered life. Mm-hmm. And uh, who knows? Maybe nothing. You, you go through the life mm-hmm. and uh, uh, we have a saying, uh, which we say, if you think you know it, you're as good as dead because your brain is not, not working. Mm-hmm. So there you have it. That's a great saying. That's a great saying. I mean, listen, if, if you don't take risk, how will you ever know what that you, you might could, be exactly what you might, who you might become, what you might do? And the worst thing that happens if you fail, like Demetra was saying earlier, if you fail, you learn what not to do exactly. next. Exactly. You learn I won't do that again. Yes. So what were some of the challenges when you came here 34 years ago? Yes. And then you launched into uh, a huge met- metropolis, right? Dallas that and a- Austin. And you say, okay, I want to open up a restaurant. What were some of the challenges you faced early on? And, and what are those lessons that you learned from that that has yes. helped you today? Yes. From methodical uh, thinking, it was that, okay, I can cook. However, just knowing how to cook doesn't mean you can get into the business of the thing. As my grandfather used to say, he would say, if you can't do all aspects of the business that you are involving yourself within, mm. uh, don't do it. Mm-hmm. Learn. In other words, he wasn't saying don't do and sit back. Mm-hmm. He was saying go ahead, learn it, uh, practice it, understand it, and then put it into, into play. So the challenge was if I wanted to, to present food, uh, it was either the sauces or having a restaurant. But then I said, why can't we do two of them together down the road, the sauces? So the restaurant was the most important thing at that point of time. So therefore, I had to come. I had to work a few years the front of the house to understand how the back of the house and front of the house and the actual financial side of everything has to go together. Because without it, there is really no business. Uh, so it took me a few years to understand. So uh, from point of view of a, uh, a customer who a guest who comes and sits there, what is important? I could be cooking the best food. Mm-hmm. And as you know, in this re- in restaurant business, it is all in a click of an eye. Uh, the way a waiter or a chef or somebody might talk down to you. That's right. You know you are, they are talking down to you. That's right. And that would be the last time they would be there. Mm-hmm. So these were the challenges that I had to overcome. And there was no way that I could not have done the front of the house to, in order to put bring the back of the house through the investment that I do and hopefully have it successful. That's about it. 
Brilliant. So you you learned all aspects. Correct. And you mentioned the front of the house. What that means is that's the the uh, with the waitering, the uh, bringing people to bussing, the table, cleaning. bussing, everything, everything. Yes. And you mentioned something that's important. I was talking about this in my prior segment. How people are treated when they walk into a restaurant uh, is not just it's not just about the good food. That's, that's right. important. That's it's right. how they were treated um, because they remember both when they leave. Correct. They remember both, and that determines whether they come back. So, and only someone who would know that on the front end, like you experienced, yeah, yes. can really create a staff yes. that focuses on treating people right. Correct. And also, you know, that that's what I'm doing. I right now I'm down to five tables and one seating. Mm -hmm. Nobody comes after you. Nobody comes before you. If you have a seven thirty reservation, nobody is gonna sit before you. Mm -hmm. So that means sit down, enjoy. It is an experience. It is not coming, eat, run to do the rest of your stuff. So it becomes a destination for that night or a celebration. <laughs> I love it. Destination or a celebration. Yes. So let's talk about these delicious gourmet pasta sauces. You started your own line of sauces. How did you come up with the idea well, for it? It was that uh, uh, I wanted to, uh, when I was doing the restaurant, many people were saying, can you put it in a container or something <laughs> I can take? I said, well, let me think about it. I'm not that smart, but maybe I can go that li line mm -hmm. and put them uh, into uh, jars and get the permits and everything, which is which is quite a big deal. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, it takes a life of its own. So that way uh, I could have these, which we, I call it Gorgi Gourmet, because you really can cook with them, uh, go home and say as one of my guests one time said, can I say I made this sauce? I said, please do. Because for the rest of your life and my life, you are stuck to this. That's right. You can't go back. <laughs> right, that's what you want him to say. Yep, exactly. So there you have it. Wonderful, wonderful. And your book, Zing. Yes, sir. It's an award-winning cookbook. Correct. How did that get started? Well, uh, again, as uh, people wanted to, I wanted to show people how simple uh, Really, in terms of engineering, simple is the most complicated thing there is. Because mm -hmm. once you have come to that point, that means you have resolved your issues. Mm. So hence it becomes simple. So I wanted to, to, to share with everybody that knowing your, your craft, knowing your flavors, taste, and how they go together, knowing the hot and cold theory that we have which is to do with some foods are cold nature some hot nature so how would they all go together mm -hmm. which in my second book i am hoping uh, if we can put it together sooner than rather later uh, we could uh, uh, we could address all those questions which has got to do with today's uh, uh, uh index and values and all so that mm -hmm. cold and hot People knew about it, uh, and it was passed through generations. However, now it is becoming scientific. And that's going to be coming up on your second, second book. book. Wonderful. Correct. Well, Chef Gorgi, I'm thrilled that you had time to come to our studio today. I'm pleased to be here. We're going to put up all of your links on our website for your book, your pasta sauces, your restaurant, 
because I really want to support you Thank locally you. as a business. But I think that uh, that many people around the world should be also enjoy reading your book and eating uh, t- and cooking with your pasta sauces. Yes. Okay. So Thank they can brag so to much. their friends that they made it themselves. <laughs> so thanks for being here today. Of course. Thank you for having me here. Folks, it's been a fantastic show. I hope that you understand that there is so much value that comes from learning from the experts in their industry. And today we learned from two experts in the culinary world. And uh, hey, like I said earlier, it only gets better week after week. We'll see you next Sunday. Have a thriving week.